book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verses 14 through 31. And the topic of our lesson this week is blessing of belonging in Christ. Blessing of belonging in Christ. All right, well, we are going to go ahead and give it over at this time into the hands of our instructor, Elder Daniel Simpson. Let's receive him by saying amen. Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Let's start off with a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this awesome plan of salvation that you have, you have planned out for the human race. Uh, we just so appreciative of it. Thank you for being part of the body. Thank you for your blood that you shed for us. That's the redeeming power. That's what you redeemed us with. We want to thank you for that, Lord. We ask, Father, in Jesus' holy, precious name, that yeah, you would anoint us to teach this lesson. And you anoint the hearers, Lord, that they may feast from your word and grow and be glad about it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, Dr. Simpson, as you stated, we're in lesson number nine. We're there. Yes. Blessings of belonging in Christ. Yes. Everybody wants to belong. Everybody wants to be embraced and be a part of something. So um, we're going to talk about the blessing of making that choice of belonging in Christ. Yes, this is one of Paul's writings. He writes to the church of Corinth. Mm-hmm. And we are in chapter 12, as she stated, starting at verse 14. And it reads, For the body is not one member, but many. Right. Yes. Yes. So, so we're all, um, you know, he really does give us a good point here, the way that is laid out many members, because we know that the functionality of, of each of our parts is significantly different, but it's all necessary. So it still has to be, um, it still has to be regarded as many different parts, but all being necessary in order for the body to be, to be whole. And, and one thing Paul does, is, which is very good, is he's going to take the human body, some parts of it, and he's going to do a comparison. So that the church and Corinth know that, that they all are important, even though they have different functions okay. that God had put in the body. So this is what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15. He said, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? So the church is Christ's functioning body in the earth realm. And we have a purpose. And that purpose is to do what? It's to glorify God. So verse 15 of the lesson. And verse 15 says, If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? So that's a good question mark that, that he's given. That... The foot and the hand has now made a comparison to each other. Mm-hmm. So this is what it says about the foot. I read, I looked up some things. Said, the foot is important with 26 bones, okay, 33 joints, and over 100 muscles, ligaments, and tendons. The foot is incredibly complex, mm-hmm. and the bottom of the foot is referred to as uh, the soul. Your feet 
are the foundation of your entire body and muscular system. Mm-hmm. So how can the hand say to the foot, because well, you're not me, you're not important? Yeah, it's just how absurd it is, you know, to um, put so much emphasis on the hand because you are the hand. You put so much emphasis on the hand until you senselessly begin to disregard the other extremely necessary parts of your body. If it weren't for the foot, the hand would have to work overtime or there'd be a lot of things that, you know, that body couldn't do. So this is what it says about the hand. Mm-hmm. It says, and the hand is the tool of tools. Mm-hmm. It is the strength, the power, and the protection of the body. Mm-hmm. Given authority, blessings, worship, healings, the work of the flesh, you know, cleans the flesh out. Um, and much more. Okay. So now we have the foot and the hand. They're like um, in contrast to each other. With the hand said to the foot, well, you're not important because I can do this. And the foot said, well, I am important because I support the body. And the No, it's just looking at one saying you're less significant than I am. I'm more important. Okay, so we're putting more um, emphasis on one part of the body than the other or more significance on one part of the body or the other. And this is what the problem is. In this church? In the church, you do. You look at different ones and say, oh, respect this. And then this one, you know, all right. You know, but every single part you have to give relevance to because every single part of, whether it's my hand or my foot or my arm, it's me. Yes. It's still me. And so it's all Christ. Yes. So God has given us two hands. Okay. One to receive with and the other to give. Hand. Hands are the instruments of instruments. It is the symbol of human action. So as you can see, Dr. Simpson, with these two comparisons and these two um, uh, definitions that we found for the hood, the foot and the hand, mm-hmm. both of them is very important for the body. Absolutely. They're very important. And so I, I just wanted to encourage somebody... Um, you know, but it, it, it may not be uh, something that is very significant to others, but um, Paul is trying to tell them that with God, every single member of the body is significant. Every single body is, every single member of the body is significant. And without that, that part, and he's going to get into more details of the body, but you know, the body is not whole and, and misfunctioning and you know, limitations begin to occur when you begin to look at different parts as being more uh, relevant than others. I guess that would be a good way to put it. Every part is relevant. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you want to go to the next verse? Yes, if the whole, okay, and if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Um, is it therefore not of the body? Yes. So now, I like how Paul does this, Dr. Simpson. But first he used the hands and the feet, mm-hmm. which is exterior, have different, different functions. And then he goes and used and use an example of the ear. Okay. Uh, uh, the ear is one of the gates which information enter into the mind. The ear is man's most efficient, but also most sensitive sensory organ. It is on the job 24-7. 
So the ear is very important. And I like how Paul does this because now he's getting two intellectual members of the body. Well, yeah, and he is getting two intellectual uh, members of the Because the eye is this. The eye is the organ of sight. It is the most important sensory organ. Oh, I thought you said the ear was the most important. <laughs> the, the, ear, the ear is most sensitive, but oh. the, but the, uh, the, the ear is most sensitive, mm-hmm. but the eye is most important sensory organ. Mm. Yes. Both of them receive information from the brain to make informative, important decisions for the whole body. Mm-hmm. Both of them receive information, Dr. Simpson, so the brain can tell the foot what to do and what the hand to do. So I like how Paul does that. He takes two working members of the body, physical working members of the body, which is the feet and the hand, and then he takes two of the the most intellectual members of the body to make this comparison. Well, yeah, it feeds into the brain, you know, but also, you know, your hand touch and everything. So even if you touch something with your hand and it's hot, it still has to send a message to the brain to tell you your hand is on something hot before your brain sends a message, well, move it, you know. So um, that's important. And then also your eyes do send messages of of, um, different um, areas that you may be in danger or you know, some decisions that you might want to make. So then it seems to me that he's going from the physical function to, like you said, the things that feed more into the intellectual function going into that verse. So let's look at verse number 17. Mm -hmm. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where were the smelling? So now he does it again. He used the most... Not most, it's just another sensory area. Yes, but yes, to show the importance. If our whole body was the eye. Mm -hmm. Then that's all you would be able to do is see. You wouldn't be able to do anything about it. You wouldn't even be able to hear what you're seeing. You wouldn't be able, if if you saw danger approaching, you wouldn't be able to flee because you don't have feet. If you um, were in a situation where uh, you saw uh, something, but you didn't have any way to convey it to the rest of the body, then you're in trouble. You're in your incomplete. The body is in, the body is made up of necessary parts. When God created us, the Bible says we are wonderfully and fearfully made. And so when he made us our bodies, he made us up of necessary parts. He knew every single thing we need down to the very atoms, even the Adamic uh, levels of uh, Um, those tinier uh, parts of the area of the body that can't be seen, they all have very significant functions. So that's where, let's go on to verse number 18. But now has God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it pleases him. He did that so he can bring him glory. And I want you to know that it pleases him. For that member to be in the body. And how important is that? That God is pleased with that member and where he has placed that member. Now, maybe the member doesn't want to be a foot. Maybe I don't, you know, maybe I don't want to be a foot. Um, Maybe you don't see the significance of where you're at and uh, the role that you play as being inferior to another. So there's a lot of introspection. We have to look inside too and realize that wherever we are in the body, it's very important to just be thankful for being in the body. 
by being a part of the body, by being chosen and called. And then just seek your function and seek how to work that function out to the benefit of the kingdom and to other souls. So then you can stop comparing this member to that member when each member looks at their particular place, their role, their appointment, and realize above all that, that it pleased God for me to have this place in the body. So verse number 19, and if they were all one member, where were the body? One translation said like this, Dr. Simpson, how strange a body would be if it had only one part. Right. It wouldn't be a body. It would just be a part. Yeah, what if you just was an ear? It would just be an ear. And that's all. It would be an ear without a body. So no purpose because that ear, speaking into it and being able to hear it, you know, there's, it stops right there. Yes. yes, the communication stops right there. So now you're disconnected. Yes, because if you are an ear and you hear a sound, mm-hmm. then your eye can't take a picture of it and send right. it to the brain. And, and send say, the this, message. Yes, this sound goes with this. Um, this item, this animal, this bird, or whatever the case may be, if he was just a ear. So it's just absurd. It's just very, it's, I mean, he, he couldn't make it any, it couldn't be clearer than what, he, what Paul is doing right but, but, but Dr. Simpson, I like how Paul's using the body for this church in Corinth to show how important all the members are. Well, well he had life. to, I think he had to, because weren't the gifts here? The gifts yes. were in, in this place. And so um, another um, way of looking at it is not so much just, you know, body parts, but they had gifts operating there in, 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 in the body, and they needed them because um, the place that they were in was so depraved. It was so desperately wicked. Corinth, Corinth was a terrible place as far as morals and, and, and all of that. So here God goes into the middle of a place of immorality and um, plants a church and then takes that church and puts the gifts there because they were necessary for the body. They needed all of them to bring those souls in. Yes, well, and as it was in Corinth, so it is in our day. Mm-hmm. We live in we live in an evil day, and the day. church, we need all the gift functioning mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, by the grace of God. Mm-hmm. We need all Absolutely. of them. Absolutely, we're going to win this this community. And this is a good example of how necessary it was, because, like you said, it's an awful day, and the things that were going on at the time of this writing and in the place where they were at were very, um, um, very similar to what hap- what's happening right now, and we're surrounded, and then so much. He's showing that it's in the church. He's showing that. So he's talking to the church here. He's not talking to the world saying, you know, you can't walk around having these attitudes about other people in society, you know, in your family, in your community. He's telling the church, this is the mentality that must be possessed and this is the attitude that you must demonstrate in order for this body to function because really I brought you out of desperately wicked places and there's always opportunity to go back and the enemy like Jesus told Peter Satan desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat and that's every one of us every day at any given moment so we need the body functioning as a whole so let's look at verse number, yeah, let's go to verse, it's, it's a short verse, it says, but now are they many members, 
yet, but one body. Yes, one translation says like this. It says, yes, there are many parts, but one body. Thanks be to God. We have many members in the body of Christ, mm-hmm. and we all have our function. And the good thing about that is because you have the capability to handle many different activities. You know, some people say they multitask. You know, there are many tasks and um, many um, works and ministries and um, many operations um, that can be carried out when the whole body is intact and when they're functioning as one. So verse number uh, 21 says, And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nobody is disposable. So the eye, the the eye can't say to the hand, and the eye see an item. Mm -hmm. I don't need you to pick that up. Yes. I know you're hungry. But, but I don't need you, you to pick, pick up that, that up. spoon yeah, and give it, me a, feed me. a, a, a morsel of food. Yeah, this is, yeah, yeah. okay, then you're not going to survive very long. You're hurting yourself yes. is what he's trying to show us. Because, you're only going to hurt yourself. Yes, because the hand is the instrument of instrument. And I need it. Oh, that's what translation. And it's the symbol of human action. So the eye see it, and then the hand does whatever the eye Request. Well, the brain sends the message yes. after the eye sees it. It yes. sends that message to the brain, and then decisions are made. And it's more mind, body, soul, and spirit. Go ahead. Yes, and and as well with the feet, mm-hmm. you know, the head mm-hmm. that tells the feet which way to go, and the feet get, get a step. Get yes. <laughs> Okay. Is that what they're trying to say? That they're going to transport us. The feet yes. are going to do the transporting. So, so they can't say, I have no need of you. Yeah, yeah, because other than that, okay, your hands, you're connected to the body, but you don't need me, so I guess we'll just stand here for the rest of our existence until we die. And I like how Paul did this, Valley, because he took the eye, which is the intellect, and the hand, which is the work, the working part. And the manual part. Yes, so as well as the head and to the feet. So they need each other. Yeah, he's saying the same thing over and over, but he's breaking it down and really putting it into their heart that, um, listen, this is just, this is just all wrong. Your way of thinking is just all wrong. Let me, and he has to, you seem, you seem, it seems like he has to teach them like the kids. It's like he has to put it in such plain base terms like they're kids, and he has to make them understand. Well, this is a fresh new church he's just established. They don't have centuries and centuries of, of you know, fellowship with God like well, the Jews Well, I don't had, know. When so. was this lesson written? It was probably, if Paul is talking, it's somewhere before 60 AD. I mean, yeah, somewhere before 60 AD, but... It's written in 55 AD. So, 55 AD. So, uh, and many of those churches were new, you know, and of course... Um, when something is new, you have a tendency, if you don't take time to learn everything about this, that you you're got, like your job. You, you got to develop. Take, well, yeah, you have to develop them. But it's, 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 for example, your job. When you went on there, before you started learning all everything you needed to know about working with those robots and repairing them, 
then you would have just been trying to go by what you know. And th what they were doing is going by what they knew from the former life that they lived. And that was a separation and classifying one another, uh, signif less significant, you know, you're putting one in a higher place of recognition. This is all of what Paul is telling them. Don't, don't fall into that trap. It's not sent from God. It's not wisdom that comes from above. This is what so it says in verse to, 22. Yeah. yeah, verse 22. So in verse 22, he says, Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. Yes. So he's saying those members which seem to be weak and least important are actually the most important. Mm -hmm. So he's saying the hands and the feet which seems least important, mm -hmm. they are actually the most important. Because they does the work that the head tells it to do. So, yeah. I love how Paul uses that. This, this, um, the human body as a, a, an example to get no, his point across to this yeah. church. Yes. So that's what we are. So he had to help them to understand the concept of being members in a body, not just, you know, a bunch of people gathering in a club. <laughs> not just a bunch of, you know, this is not a sorority. We don't just come together and you're not as important as me or this is not one of those uh, social settings. Well, you know, we're of a different class because this is our background and this is our pedigree. It's not like that. That was the way that they were before. Now you're in the church. You're all one. You're members of one body and you have to function like one, one body and you have to see one another as one body and know the value of every member, that every member has been placed where it was placed because it pleased God to do it that way. Verse 23, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. And I like the first part of that where he says um, and that those members of the body which we um, which we think are less honorable. The hands and the feet. Well, you know, let's go to oh, I remember there was a day when it was a joke <laughs> you know, to be a missionary. You know, uh, have the missionary department we had the whole council. Um, and so, you know, usually the missionary department was comprised of of older women that all were white and sang blood songs when it was their opportunity to run the service and you know and then had dinner and chicken and then would have a speaker and so it was kind of like a joke that well maybe you'll just be a part of the missionary department you know when you grow old they looked at it as something less significant they think is what Paul said because we think, I like that, we think to be less honorable. It's just as honorable as the bishops on the pulpit, right? It's just as honorable as um, um, those that labor in the prayer room. It's just as honorable as the musician section and the choir. We all love being a part of the choir when we were younger. So he's saying those, those things that we think are less honorable he said, um, upon those, we bestow more abundant honor. So Paul is saying, now this, those ones that you thought were less honorable, here's what we're going to do going forward. 
we're going to give them more abundant honor. What do you, what do you have? Yes. I mean, with, when, the, when the eyes look at the hands and the feet, it is what determines mm-hmm. what kind of honor can I give the hands. What kind so of... let's, let's kind of put that in, in terms of members of the body instead, instead of uh, like, like the church, the functioning of the body of Christ. Well, as we progress on this lesson, we will see him bringing gifts in, into the body of Christ. So the first part of this lesson is this comparison with the human body. The mm-hmm. second part, he goes on to bring the gifts in there. Okay. Which we, so, which we can talk about for the church. Okay. So then he says that on those parts, we bestow more abundant honor. Okay. So again, um, those which you seem to think, for whatever reason... Um, it's, it's, it's not aligning with the word of God. Paul is saying, going forward, here's what we have to do. We have to bestow more abundant honor on our uncomely parts. Um, have more abundant comeliness. So there's a greater beauty in the things that we don't see, the behind the scenes. And the unseen functions are usually what keeps things going. Um, I remember one time being told that um, as intercessors, they say usually those are what keep a church going, keep the church alive, um, because somebody is keeping the church lifted and staying before the Lord on their behalf and, um, you know, finding forces and and, and crying out to God and pleading the cases and, and, and just somebody is before God. And so that's a, a part that is not so upfront. You know what I mean? It's not a part it's that behind is behind the scenes. It's behind the scenes, but in a powerful way. Because yeah. if it wasn't for intercessors, perhaps there would be no church at all. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I know there wouldn't be any church. So there's power in that part. All right, so verse 24. All right, verse 24. Yes. For our comely parts have no need, but God has tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to the parts which lacked, yes. and those which were wanting, those which were coming up short. Is that what he's saying there? So our comely parts, which is our beautiful parts, our eyes, our ears, the ones that have this awesome responsibility, to receive information and mm-hmm. give it to the brain so the brain can function. Right. They're already beautiful. They're already comely. Well, they, he's the head of the body. Yes. So. so they already got spiritual gifts. You know, the eyes that can see or discern, the ear that can perceive and hear and receive knowledge and information and give it to the brain. They're already beautiful. Well, I see In it that too. regard. Yeah, see I Dr. See, Simpson. Yep, and I see it too that, you know, you don't even see you know, the brain. You don't see, but what, what would you be without a brain? You don't see the heart. You don't see the aorta, which carries up the main, art, you know, artery that carries blood from the heart to those other parts of the body. You don't see those where it branches off into the veins and sends it down into the smaller veins and the capillaries, you know, to make sure there's oxygen in every part and every tissue. Um, and health and nutrients given throughout the body. We don't see that function. But we do see the outward adorning, that there's an outward adorning. But those other parts, 
you know, those are the ones, you know, that sometimes tend to lack. So here's what he's saying in verse, and that is what I believe he's saying uh, in at the set, that last clause of verse 24, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. So, so this is what I wrote in my notes for that part, Dr. Okay. Simpson. It says, but God has composed the body. Giving more honor and care to those parts mm -hmm. that have less dignity, okay. which is the feet, mm -hmm. the hands, in this lesson, because of their where they're placed in the body, especially the feet. <laughs> you know, you're at the bottom carrying everything. Yeah, or know. just not looked at as, you know, like yeah. you said, manual, the manual part. You know, people yeah. even look at people in society that uh, if you have a job that causes you to be more cerebral, have to do more thinking, have to do more writing, they research. More yes, they give more honor. But those that are like the blue-collar workers that make their living by doing physical, manual labor, um, they're look at, looked at as some type of a, a secondary individual. Um, and, and so, you know, it's the same way that we start looking at people as primary and secondary, you know. It, they call us at the hospital, you know, as chaplains. We're ancillary, you know. We're, you know, just another part, by the way, you know, that they can do, that they can or cannot do without. So, you know, come to find out, you know, they used to think that we didn't need our tonsils. Um, one person I know of had started having, um, her hair was falling out. And she had a big red spot at the top of her head. She's beautiful. She's a model. And they said, it's only, only two thymus gland. And so they said, they take that out. And there are glands that, if you remove them, they control parts, they control things. <laughs> like your body temperature. They control, you know, um, your thinking, temporal parts. So they don't, they don't think much of that, you know, but... Uh, if, if you remove that uncomely part or unseen part, you may just completely fall apart. Your body may just, you know, go into shock and die. So in verse number 25, it says that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. Yes, we know what that schism is. Mm -hmm. Divisions, Division. and groups and cliques. Splits and... Things like that, mm -hmm. and that's and, and like you're saying, God did this so there would be no division with the eye, uh, you know, the hearing, the smell. Mm -hmm. They have to take care of the hands and the feet. They all necessary together. Okay, so you know, you used to say something. You may not see it in the beginning. What I'm saying, you used to say, you know, because you love to play basketball in your youth, and before I even got to know you well, when people were telling me how good your game was. And so um, you said you were playing at the gym or whatever at work, and you said, they were talking about how good you played, but you told them that's not even my A game, right? And you said, you'll never see my A game, you know, because I'll never have to use it in order to beat you. Well, you know, the same way people have like A lists and B lists, Okay, this is, this is, you know, this classification. And I just saw this. I just recently saw this, people talking online about who their favorites were. And it, to me, it's like, this is 2023. You're grown, and you're having a conversation with people that are way under you, and people that are coming on the scene. And what are you talking about? Who your favorites are, and who your A-list people are, your B-list, etc. Yeah, that is what is causing that word schism in the body. 
you're feeding it. And so it says, but um, that the members should have the same care one to another. No, no, not you. Yeah, you, you, you. Come on. And so it's a, it's um, it's a deadly thing. It's dangerous to the church. It's dangerous to the body. It's dangerous to the kingdom. So let me ask you this question, Dr. Simpson. You know, um, we have so many different organizations, and most of them came out of splits. Yeah. Or schism. Schism. Is that why? Could that be a possible, a possibility? that we do not see a lot of miracle signs and wonders in the church because it's so divided and so split up. I don't think you're going to see, um, a lot. I think we're going to miss a lot of things if our focus is not I think if we come together for the wrong reason, then why should God get in, right? He's not going, we used to say God's not going to bless no mess. Well, that's messy, right? Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's schism. It's, it's schism and division, you know. And so, how can he work when you're not even? You're like, I'm, I'm, you know. You have a position on something, and you want everybody to take your position that you feel is right, and you do it by force. Okay, I just heard something recently. It says that the children um, that 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 um, they were building the Tower of Babel for the purpose. Of building, they said they wanted to build it into the heavens. So they wanted something that was uh, eternal, something that was spiritual. But they were going to try to achieve it with natural means, carnal means. Um, Paul talks about it in, um, I think it's to the Galatians. And he tells them, how can you start in the spirit? You know, you... You, your, your beginnings and your growth and your placement and your work and your anointing and your flow and um, your contributions into the body, you began that in the spirit. So how do you think you're going to bring this thing to a conclusion and now you've turned over and start doing things in a fleshly realm? So now instead of by the anointing, instead of by power, Instead of by the direction and leading of God, you begin to classify and section off people. And then you section off the work in the church and you section off the work in the body and the organization. So is God going to start saying, oh, well, I have to follow them? No, we have to follow him. He's not going to take off and start following us. So that was a very, very necessary question, very powerful and I don't think we can get to the bottom of that in this session, but there's so much more to say. So let's go on to verse number 26. And whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all members rejoice with it. Yes. So if one gets blessed, then we're all blessed. So if I have a, a foot injury, mm-hmm. then my whole body suffers. Mm-hmm. My hand gets injured doing the work, mm-hmm. maintaining the body. Then I'm my whole body suffer. Mm-hmm. My mouth moan, my, my speech moan and groan, my hearing, my eyes, my mind, everything suffer mm-hmm. when one suffer. Mm-hmm. This is just how this body's supposed to be. Yeah, it's supposed so to be So much in that sync, way. yes. Yeah. And I wrote a note that says, the church is a unified body. Mm-hmm. So harmony and care for each member in the church is essential. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. But when you got divisions and schisms and people
people going off here and there doing their own thing. Controversies and battles and contentions and one is hurting another and then you you know, another one is um, mistreating another or um, there are fences going on. The Bible says wars are among you. Mm -hmm. He said, from whence cometh wars among you. So we're doing things that are just bringing division. So, you know, how can the operation of the spirit um, be in full flow and full opera- operation if we're busy doing all these childish, selfish, carnal little things. I do believe it's possible that we're more carnal than we than we think. I think that's very... We can think we're operating and achieving something in the spirit and you know good and well that you're using a, other, method, other methods of intimidation or control or whatever it is. So we have to let the Holy Ghost have its way. So he's put each member there to function. And if you let that member function, then it can supply the needs of the next member, et cetera, et cetera, until the whole body is functioning as one. So let's go to verse number 27. Now, ye are the body of Christ and the members in particular. This is what it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 4, 5, 6. It says, just as our bodies have many parts, Mm-hmm. And each part has a special function. So is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, mm-hmm. and we all belong to each other. Mm-hmm. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Yeah. So if God has given us the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Yeah. God, the God-given ability is what's is what you want to go for. And the reason why I want to be what this writing in Romans is because see how Paul is in sync. What he wrote to Corinth, he also wrote it to the Roman Church, mm-hmm. to Galatians, to the Church in Ephesus. Of course, he gave them the message that was necessary for to them for, to them um, at that time, whatever God had given him to give to that church. But he is certainly letting them know that you are you belong to the body of Christ to, to be unified through this work to Absolutely. give God His glory. So you know, um, again, um, when he starts to place things in, in operation, we we just have to let God. Why can't we just let God work? You know, we don't do we not believe that that's fair and just? Do we not believe that? Um, it's going to work for our good? Do we not believe that it's the best way? Do we really think we have a better way or a better idea? I guess we just want to help God out. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, Lord, let me just show you. Let me do this. I'll handle it. <laughs> and it messes up. It never, it, it, it never works out. First number 28 says, And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, Thirdly, teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. So let's look at all of these just for a quick definition. And that he's saying, you know, first of all, yeah. And let's put, yeah, yeah, and, and, and then secondarily, and then thirdly. So let's look at that. Let's make sure we touch so on that. So an apostle is a messenger that's sent with... message from the kingdom he said he got a message that's what an apostle is a prophet is one who announced hidden things 
Okay. God has showed us some things in the spiritual realm he wants his church to know about. Okay. That's what a prophet is. Mm-hmm. A teacher is an instructor. He gives knowledge led by the Holy Spirit. Okay. He's teaching under the anointing of the Holy okay. Spirit. Miracles, okay. ability to work miraculous powers by the Holy Spirit. Okay, you never use the same word to describe a word, but anyway. Well, uh, I did it that correctly. Miracles, you yes. cheese a little bit. Yes. But here's what he's saying here. Um, so he's saying, okay, and God has set some in the body, first apostles. So the apostles were the ones, were the ones that walked with Jesus, right? Those were his 12, except Paul. He was okay. born out of due time. No, I'm just saying. So they came first with the message because he told them to go ye into all the world and teach the gospel and preach the gospel unto every creature. So get the word out there. Secondarily, prophets. So you have to have prophets because they also are necessary for the body to inform you of things that are to come and to tell you what is in the heart of God and to give you that rhema word. In addition to what the apostles are doing, that's why it's secondarily, not because the uh, prophets were less important, right? It was because there's a certain order that that things flow. And then thirdly, there are teachers, so you have to make people understand the word and make sure that they understand how to rightly divide the word and, and make certain that they get it and learn how to hide it in their heart. So not saying that they're third in line of significance, but he's saying that uh, thirdly, teachers, because you have to have that after you have the word and you got prophets, you have to have teachers to also teach the word. They're all as significant and comely and honorable as the other. And then after that, miracles. So, you know, the miracles are necessary. Do you see where he puts that in there? Just like he puts the apostles and prophets, you need miracles. So don't dismiss that and just, you know, say that, well, no, it's not like that anymore. You still need miracles. Um, and gifts of, then gifts of healing and of health and of government. And so that's to make sure that everything continues to operate and to function. So even God, even here, Paul is not saying here's the most important. These are the second important. Then there's you and them and, you know, you know, those over there. He's not saying it like that. He's saying these are relevant and they have their place. And he includes miracles like he includes apostles and prophets, you know, like it's, it's an embodiment uh, of um, the works of the Lord. You know, this is part of the function of the body. It's, I think that's a very powerful scripture. And, and, and diversity of tongues, you know, and governments and helps. I think that's a very powerful, necessary scripture that we may have to visit over and over. And I also like this uh, verse here, verse 13. It says, For by one spirit we mm-hmm. are all baptized into one body. So God is doing this by... What verse is that? Verse 13. Okay. Just above the Sunday school. That's, okay, just I, before Sunday I just moved it here. Okay. So God is doing all of these miracles, healing, yeah. prophets, teaching, government, Governments, apostles, diversities yeah, of tongues, verse, help. All by one spirit. All by one spirit. It's all spirit. By one, if you're letting the Holy Ghost work. That's why you can't operate in the flesh because you're not letting the Holy Ghost work. You don't know. I mean, we have God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. 
why, like you said, we want to help God or stepping because we got a way, we got an understanding. If I do it like this, sometimes they're doing things because they learned it that way on the job or that type of leadership somewhere else. Now you want to bring it in the church? No, you, you follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. Yes, and or else, you know, there then you have to you see God about that. But he's saying that um, all of these are and they have their place. And verse twenty nine says, "Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles?" Verse 30 together. Verse 30, they do go together. Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Verse number 31. The answer is, of course not. Okay. But 31 says. Go ahead. 31 says, okay, you answered, of course not, so I wanted to give some context there. Okay, okay, so, so, right here, this is the part of scripture where people um, usually look at to say why everybody doesn't speak in tongues, or you're not, you don't all have to speak in tongues. That's a controversy. I'm not scared to deal with it. And so, in that particular um, case, they say, well, no, no, um, it's not necessary, but the Bible says, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name, they shall cast out devils, um, they, they shall um, speak with new tongues, if they take up any deadly thing, it will not harm them, <clears throat> etc. Um, but here, when he says, if all our apostles, he's talking not about the infilling of the Holy Ghost. He's talking about the operation. Yes. He's talking specifically about the operation of the Holy Ghost. So everybody may not have the gift of healing. And there is a gift of tongues that is separate from the initial infilling of the Holy Ghost. And the gift of tongues, which he's speaking of here, is when the, the Spirit is moving in the service or among us, and someone, the Lord, puts it in someone, and they speak in a language, and then it's more powerful for that person to speak in a tongue that they did not know, and someone come and interpret it. It can be somebody that doesn't even, it may be, I've heard of so many cases where somebody had the Holy Ghost, and they spoke out in tongues, and they spoke clearly, let's just say in some ancient form of, you know, the language that Chaldeans use. You know, how things are upgraded. Okay, but when they interpret, when that person hears them speak, they want to know how did you know that? How did you speak that? You spoke so clear. And this is what you said, interpretation. Or it can just be the spirit of interpretation. The anointing is upon a person to interpret what they said. They may not even speak that other language either. But divine um, revelation was given through the Spirit of God. God wants to work like this. Do we believe that He can work like this? Or are we going to let Him work like this? So um, these are some of the things that we really do need to give our hearts over to, or we're going to miss out on so much, so much that God has for us. And I just believe that we're going to be accountable if we don't let God have His way. The first number 31 says, But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet 
show I unto you a more excellent way. And that was verse number 31. Yes, and I wrote a note here for that, Dr. Simpson. It mm -hmm. says, uh, this is just for the church. It says, the saints are to be grateful and not jealous of others mm -hmm. and accept the gift God has given them mm -hmm. and not envy or elevate any gift as more important than others. Mm -hmm. But love, doing this work in love, mm -hmm. is the most excellent way. Yeah, love is, you know, um, the bond of perfection. I'm going to read verse number 39, which is beyond the lesson. And it says... Um, Okay, so verse number 39 says, Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy. And that's a strong, have a strong passion and desire and a quest to be able to prophesy. Verse number 39 says, Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Here's, the, here's how you know that he was talking about the operation. Let all things be done decently and in order. So he's talking about the operation of the gifts in, in, in the church and in the body and not just whether do you speak in tongues? Well, he said we don't all speak in tongues. You really need to study the Bible and not just read it in order to get the good, strong message that God is, is speaking to us. So anyway... That is our lesson for this week. So we are blessed. We have been included. We have been numbered among them that are sanctified. And it is just a blessing to belong to the body. Just that I belong to him. You know, I'm his for his use at any time in any way he so chooses to use me. So, Elder, you want to go ahead and, and, and join us again next week. And um, also be sure to be with us on Monday where we will be continuing the teaching on um, Revelation. We are now in chapter 13. And um, this is probably the most difficult of all the chapters that I've seen so far. There's some coming up that I look forward to teaching. But this one is probably the most difficult one that uh, we're coming across. So that'll be Monday, 5 o'clock Eastern Time. And that's the Revelation Challenge right here on Reset Forever Ministries. All right. And with that, Elder, are you going to go ahead and pray us out? Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood mm -hmm. and hath made us kings and priests unto God, his Father. Mm -hmm. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Well, all right. All I can say is amen. We'll see you again next week. God bless. In Jesus' name. And submit. Yes. Okay, okay. And thank God for that.